This is the 12 Songs of Christmas. I'm Alex Rawls, and this is my podcast about Christmas music. It's officially summer in New Orleans, and everything is sweaty. But I've been in an autumnal place in my mind because I've been writing extensively about October at my home site, myspiltmilk.com. New Orleans' major music festivals all moved to October when they thought we'd be on the backside of COVID. The Delta variant kicked those plans one by one, and festivals have canceled until we're now down to one that could still happen. If you're interested in my analysis on COVID and the festival business, you might want to check out the coverage at myspiltmilk.com. I'm really happy with it. Today, I'm talking to singer and songwriter Grant Lee Phillips, who made his name in the alternative rock band Grant Lee Buffalo. We revisit his alt-rock days and his transition into a solo artist, which led to last Christmas season's EP, Yuletide. We talk about Gilmore Girls and Amy Mann in the process, and it's a fun conversation. There's a revelation in here that you will love if you are a fan of Grant Lee Phillips, and really, it's something that has not yet happened in this show. So I, I, was, I was so happy when I heard it. If you were listening last Christmas season, you heard an excerpt from this conversation, but there's a lot more to it, as you'll hear in moments. For my purposes, the cancellation of New Orleans festivals meant that I'll have to work harder for some interviews than I might have. Texas Western swing band Sleep at the Wheel was scheduled to play Jazz Fest, and I hoped to get frontman Ray Benson for an interview on the band to preview their appearance. And while we were talking, I figured I'd fold in some questions about their 1997 Christmas album, Merry Texas Christmas Y'all, and 2016's Lone Star Christmas Night. Now I'm going to have to go with the situation more directly. The album shares some tracks, including Merry Texas Christmas Y'all and Christmas in Jail, a song first recorded in 1956 by the vocal group The Youngsters. It's the kind of song that's hard to get away with today as it treats being blind, blackout, drunk, and driving a little casually. Officially, it's a cautionary tale that ends with ain't gonna drink and drive no more. But the rollicking beat and sassy horns give the song an undercurrent of boast. That's certainly how Benson sings it. And to sleep at the wheel is a rhythm machine. So the version really works. Since it stays true enough to the original to remind listeners of the early days of rock and roll when songs like this were less scrutinized, Christmas in Jail stands out and is easy to hear in the spirit it was intended. Here's a bit. Christmas in Jail, Christmas in Jail Had a little too much to drink I ain't got no bad, can't make no bad For me, the song I'm most likely to add to Christmas mixes is the Deck the Halls Boogie from Lone Star Christmas Night. It's the kind of song I like to put on collections as it gives us a Christmas classic dressed up in genre clothes. In this case, you get an instrumental version of Deck the Halls that's smart, professional, well-played Western swing without being too reverent. Here's a taste. Deck the 
also fond of their version of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, a Christmas song that doesn't get as much love as its place on the charts at Christmas time suggests that it deserves. In my episode with chart analyst Chris Melanfi, we talked about how Billboard counting streams and allowing songs to re-enter the charts allowed a number of classic Christmas songs to chart again on the Hot 100, chart for the first time in a lot of cases, in most cases, on the Hot 100. And Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is one of them. Asleep at the Wheel get the easy rockabilly swing just right, and vocalist Katie Shore finds the right touch. Light enough for the season and the song, but without being so light it floats away. Here's Asleep at the Wheel's version, and we'll be back on the other side with Grant Lee Phillips. When I, when I was preparing for this, that I went to see if Grant Lee Buffalo ever recorded any Christmas music, and I didn't find any. Did you? No. No, we never did. We never did. Um, although soon after, you know what? That's a, that's a great question. I, I may have stumped myself. Uh, uh, there was a period, um, and I believe it's before I sort of went off on my own, before I went solo, uh, <laughs> where I got together with um, Bill Bonk who, and Phil Parlapiano, who were playing uh, with Grantley Buffalo on the road. And we recorded We Three Kings of Orient or together. Oh, okay. So that would sort of, that would almost, uh, you know, apply as a, uh, you know, as a Grantley Buffalo Christmas track. But um, uh, it, it, it came out somewhere, I believe, on my own. Maybe I, I released it on my website at that time. It wasn't. It wasn't ever in wide release, though. Right. Um, yeah. Nothing official. Okay. It it seems like the kind of thing that at that time record labels were asking artists to do, uh, sort of for Christmas season, you know, samplers and for promotional stuff. Were you never asked, or did you? Was it not something that interested you? <laughs> uh, I don't believe we were ever asked. Um, but, you know, in that period, uh, the first album came out in like 93, right? We had a record out almost every year. So I think it just had more to do with that, you know, that we were in the midst of uh, promoting records and touring um, a lot, you know. So it just never really, um, it never seemed to slot in just well. Would you have done a Christmas song then if you were asked? I think I would have. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling we would have. Um, which one? Mm. You know, uh, uh, the Pretender song, 2,000 Miles. That would have been a good one for Grammy Buffalo to try. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. I, I could hear that. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm such a fan of Chrissy Hind, you know. Um, um, I understand that song was uh, a bit of a tribute Um you know, a mournful tribute tribute to um, James Honeyman Scott. Right. Um, that's what I read somewhere, you know. Um, 
it's got kind of a wacky video as well. But yeah, that's a great song. Um, that, that would have been up our alley, you know. I have some favorites. I mean, Christmas music was... I, um, I have a feeling that uh, the shape of Christmas songs, the arrangements, the way that... Um, you know, the major and minor chords work against one another in so many classic songs that had a lot to do with, with, um, um, shaping my understanding of how a song works. Oh, really? You know, because we get introduced to Christmas songs well before we get introduced to our, <laughs> our favorite bands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Explain, tell me about a little bit more about that. Cause I think that's interesting. Well, um, it, well, the, the song that I mentioned, we three Kings, it's a very minor key kind of song, you know, very exotic and ominous. And, um, you know, I was really uh, attracted to that. Why does that work that way? Why does it sound that way? My mother had a chord organ and uh, a stack of Christmas books. Um, so you could, you could basically hit a button, you know, and play a D minor. And there was no greater feeling than hitting that D minor button. <laughs> the saddest key, right? Uh, uh, but I realized quite, you know, quite you know, early on that, oh man, D minor makes me feel a certain way. And look at A minor. What happens when you play A minor than an F minor? So all of that, um, it stuck with me as I got into the guitar a few years later. And then I began playing guitar at age 13, but I had already absorbed a lot of uh, musical ideas through some of these Christmas songs, you know. Um, um, what's the other one? God rest you, uh, merry gentlemen. I mean, that's another one of the great sort of medieval sounding Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I've discovered as I've been working on this project has been how many people's musical, you know, how many musicians' musical futures at some level started when dealing with Christmas music. Um, I've talked to a few for whom they kind of realized they had their inner performer when it would be Christmas Eve and the family would be, you know, playing piano. Somebody in the family would be playing piano and the family would be singing. And right. somebody realized that if they stepped out and uh, showed what they had on a Christmas song, they could get an audience, they could get attention, they could get applause and realize there may be something right. in this. And but I hadn't had anybody tell me yet that listening to the songs kind of helped start them down their down their down their musical path as a uh, as a writer or right. as a creator. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because uh, uh, you are uh, made aware of the whole concept of verse and chorus, and um, you're introduced to a. Uh, a level of songwriting that's quite sophisticated, you know? I mean, a lot of our, our, our classic songs that we, we still play today, we hear today, uh, were written in the thirties, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, some of them are a little younger or a little older, but, um, you know, White Christmas, songs like that. And those are fantastic songs with just exquisite arrangements. Um, what a great music, musical education. I, I do think back to a 45 that I had uh, really treasured uh, vinyl 45, Louis Armstrong uh, playing When the Saints Go Marching In on one side and then reading The Night Before Christmas on the other side. Oh, wow. And I love that. Oh, well, I haven't heard that. I, go <laughs> I think it was on that. DECA. Came out about 1954. 
And, um, you know, I mean, I kind of both things, you know, I mean, hearing him do a, a spoken word piece is great. Um, and then just the, the, you know, the wild spirit of when the saints go marching in Louis Armstrong in the fifties. I mean, you just don't, you don't hear stuff like that these days. That's so no. <laughs> adventurous and, and lively, you know? Yeah. This is Louis Satchmo Armstrong talking to all the kids from all over the world at Christmas time. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. Elvis's um, Blue Christmas. I mean, that's a lot. That's a great one as well. You know, I think that's one of the great Elvis recordings, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, that uh, that whole album. I mean, especially that side one is I often think Christmas music really is a singles medium. But there are a handful of sides or full albums that really are amazing. And side one of Elvis's Christmas album. Yeah. I, I think it's is still just a kind of an awesome side of music period. Yeah. Yeah, I can still remember it, uh, hearing it for the first time, you know, family gathering and um aunt and uncle had that record and they were they were kind of hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, and um when would have it would have been the sixties, I guess, um, whenever it was, you know, pretty new, I think. Um, yeah. Right. So the first Christmas thing I've heard you on was you as the as the narrator on Amy Mann's version of your Amin with Mr. Grinch. Yes. How did that come about? Oh goodness. Um well I've known Amy for, for a long time. Um I met her in the early to mid nineties, I guess, out in Los Angeles. And um, we sort of circulated in the same crowd, played the same little club a lot. And um, um, I think at that point in time we had done, um, I I had opened for her a few times, you know, hung out and um, actually uh, she has a record called bachelor number two, but I did some singing on, um, you know, so, um, Little by little, we got to know each other, and, and she asked me to do this this uh, this part of the Grinch. I don't think I did anything else on that record, but just that, yeah, and that was great. I mean, I love that. I love that movie. That's you know, it's it's one of the best. And then we took it out on the road. She uh, she's done quite a few of those Christmas tours, you know, um, with with music, sort of a, a traveling road show, a mm-hmm. vaudeville show, right. you know. All the windows were dark. No one knew he was there. All the who's were all dreaming, sweet dreams without care. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are 
a heel You're as cuddly as a cactus You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel done Christmas shows You're a monster. Uh, where it's all Christmas um, I can't think of any particular uh, show other than Amy's and it was great it was like Christmas every night you know now I was Santa Claus at the mall in the 80s so. <laughs> you got to tell me about that experience uh, well um, I was I think I was still in high school maybe just about out of high school and uh, I got that job, you know, for the holidays, and it was great. Um, I actually got my first um, ticket uh, coming home that night from the mall, and um, I had my nose all red, you know, and um, the beard had also scratched my face a great deal. I think they're, they're made of fiberglass, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to get home. I was tired, and I, I ran a red light, and then, whoa! <laughs> All right, buddy. What are you doing out here? You know, I'm, I'm just on. I'm going home, and I just came from my job. What's your job? I'm Santa Claus. Okay, buddy. <laughs> You've been drinking. <laughs> your nose is red. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that was quite <laughs> an experience. Um, got the ticket, paid the ticket. Um, you know, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I would see folks that I recognized, and I would give them a shout out by name. And that's always really weird. You know, when you're, um, I saw my science teacher and uh, <laughs> I gave him a shout out. I was like, I hope you've been a good boy, Mr. Fishbine. And, uh, and he looked like he was about to just sort of fall over, you know, like, how does Santa know my name? I'm 36 years old. <laughs> um, so it was a kick. <laughs> and, did, and obviously he didn't recognize you? No, I was I was incognito. Wow. In Claus Nido. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. So <laughs> and I I have to say, I'm I'm kinda of, it seems like that would be a gig that would would either totally make your Christmas spirit or really challenge it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess that's true. It for, I think for me it really was uh, you know, I don't know that I would do it again. Uh, uh, but I would do it again, you know, if, if the, if the, uh, the circumstances were just right, but maybe not at the mall. Um, yeah, those are long days. Um, and with the, you know, the virus going around, yeah. but, um, <laughs> um, but it was an experience. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I don't, I don't have any regrets. Oh no. I, I think that is absolutely a resume <laughs> line. There is not a question. Not- <laughs> that is that it sounds like as high octane as that sounds it's like yeah i think everybody wants everybody wants that at least for one day you want to know what it's like yeah. to be santa and to have to be the the the, the 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 mall santa and having so many little kids come up and just full of awe yes that's or, right or terror looking at you yeah, or terror <laughs> yeah I, yeah i mean it's kind of an awesome sense of uh responsibility that all of these little children are going to come up to you and you're going to you're gonna, they're gonna tell you what they want. You're gonna say, "Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll sign uh, off on that right here." Yeah. Um, <laughs> or you have to be diplomatic and go, "Well, it, yeah, for sure, something like that in the toy realm." 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 2016 was uh, Winter Glow, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, well, to, to tell you the truth, Winter Glow was uh, written and recorded back a, a bit earlier. It came out, I want to say, maybe 2010, something like that. Ah. Um, as kind of a one-off, you know. I, I recorded it somewhat late in the year and it wound up on a compilation. And uh, so it's, you know, but it's a song that uh, my, my, my dad suggested that I write a Christmas song or a holiday song, you know, um, something that would have that, you know, that chance to come around every year. And um, it was such a good call, you know, and I think of him every time I, every time I hear it and play it because it was, it was his prompting really, you know, um, so yeah, that's that's where it came from, um, and then I, I think it was released uh, in various ways. The ironic thing was when Gilmore Girls, a show that I had um, some involvement in, I, I played the uh, the town troubadour on the Gilmore Girls, and um, they decided to do something called a Year in the Life, which was basically a reunion show, but it would be divided into the different seasons. And it just, just turned out that they put me into the season of winter and they said, do you have any songs about winter? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do have a song that, uh, you know, has just barely sort of been heard, you know. Um, it pokes its head up every December a little bit, but it's called Winter Glow and uh, maybe this would be right. And it just, it was just a hand in glove kind of situation. Very serendipitous. Um, so Winter Glow, I played that in the uh, in that episode, uh, um, along with uh, Valley Winter Song, um, the, uh, the song by Fountains of Wayne as well. Um, that was a late breaking one when I got out there to, to L.A. Can you play this song, too? And, and that's a beautiful song. good ones I, I came up with a list this year myself and i and i included um you know an old-fashioned christmas the sinatra version which i covered when i went with amy out on the road that was nice two piano players drums bass you know i mean nice 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 yeah. <laughs> um, do you know that record you must know that record I, yes i do i love that song that's a beautiful song and, and i'm not yeah. terribly fond of sinatra's christmas music um, it's a little bit sort of cocktail in hand. <laughs> uh, it's it's not the most uplifting of Christmas music, is it? Well, no, and and I'll tell you, especially when you hear it, I mean, this is like so much of Frank's career, when you listen to it next yeah. to Dean Martin's Christmas music, 
you hear what you hear the difference in that Frank yeah. works so hard to sound like Dean sounds effortlessly. And oh, interesting. I, I find that I find there'd be so little pleasure in uh, in Frank's Christmas music. The songs are beautiful, <laughs> and there's uh-huh. a lot of songs I love, and a lot of and performances that I admire, and I think that's a really great performance. But it never sounds like he's having fun, and if he's having no, fun, it, it feels like forced fun, like he's working at his fun. I think that's the thing that I like about that record. Huh? I'll, I'll buy that. So. <laughs> but it's it's a very it's a. I mean, I would listen to it along with Joy Division. You know, it's oh, uh, okay. Well, I get it's that a too. Certain, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're feeling like you need something a little dark, and uh, you know, it's almost homeopathic. It's so dark. Yeah. You'll feel better because uh, uh, you know you've listened to something darker than your own, you know, your own voice. The, uh, the Jimmy Webb song that Frank sings called Whatever Happened to Christmas. Yeah. And it's just uh, oh, crushing. Oh, yeah. Amy, Amy Mann did a great cover of that song. Um, yeah, it's so good. But that's kind of the flip side of the holidays, you know? It's, oh, sure. Uh, it's a time of reflection uh, or it's a time of isolation, you know, and um, longing. I mean, it's a mixed bag, yeah. you know. Santa has a mixed bag. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I, I was I was really pleased to go. I was one point reading uh, Ian Hunter's uh, autobiography, like the you know, old, like from the seventy four seventy five of uh, Diary of a Rock and Roll Star. And yeah. there's a couple of paragraph, a couple of paragraphs when they were touring. They basically were touring America in winter, and so they were on tour for Christmas and it has this, it has this like passage of just self-loathing about being (laughs) on the road and not being home for Christmas. And you can feel the red wine while, while reading that passage. Uh, It is so boozy and uh, (laughs) and, you know, and you, you just see like, man, somebody just needs to watch a little TV and bring it down a little bit right now. Yeah, you need the uh, the old Hallmark <laughs> Channel on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so one song. So I want to let's go back to um, old fashioned Christmas. So you recorded it, and what was yeah. what did you need to do to make it your song? Um, I needed to live with it uh, for about ten years. You know, um, I went out with Amy. 
about 10 years ago. And we, we did two of those tours together. I think maybe there were, there was another one, but, um, sang it every night. And that helps me when I get a chance to perform something a lot, you know, and, um, um, yeah, I think it had to do with that. You know, I just related to the song. I, I love the, uh, the, um, I love the bones of the song, you know, the way it's put together. And, um, it's, it's, it's one that a lot of folks haven't heard sure. as well, you know, which right. is not always so easy to find with Christmas songs. Um, you know, every time everyone talks about a Christmas recording, we look at that, um, public domain list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, it's not the first things that I would wish to record, but, um, this, this wasn't a, a public domain. It was Sammy Kahn, I believe was the, um, was one of the writers on, on the song. Give me old fashioned Christmas and old fashioned Christmas family faces, wide open spaces. Covered with snow Right now my mom's There in the kitchen Basting the Christmas bird You'll have to take my word You can't find that At the element there was another song that uh, my manager, Tommy, had uh, suggested I record, and I, and I tried my hand at it. I wasn't so sure. It was called um, If Every Day Could Be Like Christmas, and it was an Elvis Presley song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, and it had the, the refrain, if every day could be just like Christmas, what a wonderful world it would be. And I thought, well, that's the same tag as Nat King Cole's uh, Take Me Back to Toyland. Uh, it's the same lyric, you know, and um, I thought, well, I can do that, but that seems a little weird. The Nat King Cole song is older, and I, and I suspect that maybe it may have even influenced the Elvis song, you know. That sounds right. It's possible, right? Because yeah. it's like 10 years older. Um, and that's a great song, the Nat King Cole one. It's, if you ever find the video for it, it's surreal. He's in front of some sort of Maybe it wouldn't have been a green screen, a blue, uh, you know, some sort of, what do they call that, you know, um, where he's superimposed against a background. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have it. <laughs> Whatever they used yeah. to call that effect, you know. Um, yeah, and it's such an interesting song. When you're singing songs by by vocalists who are as signature as Nat King Cole and Sinatra, yeah, is it hard to find your lane in those songs? As a singer? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I love those songs, but I haven't covered them too much. And I have to really relate to the song as much as I relate to the singer and the, you know, the vocal performance, I think. Um, I mean, these are the kind of songs that I love so much that I sing them around the house. I right. think it, it just, it has to do with being very familiar with the songs quite often. Um, or I just, you know, I hear them being something else. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, hopefully they sound like me. <laughs> They're supposed to. <laughs> right, right. No, I was wondering if, 
like, like, could you tell a difference between early time, early times singing the song, and you know, and and singing the song more recently? Like, has your vocal changed in some way? Yeah. And and are you and are you able to notice that like there was a time when you were singing it early on, where you were probably closer to them than you meant to be, and it took a while to find right. your own phrasing and to find your own emphasis and the way to make yeah, it, the I way would, to make it entirely yours and not sort of living in their shadow. I have a feeling if I would have recorded um, uh, an old fashioned Christmas twelve years ago, then it would have been less of my own thing, you know, um, everybody was kind of digging in and trying to replicate, um, the arrangement in some way. Um, and vocally, you know, yeah, you're sort of just learning your way around the town at that point when you first begin to sing a song, eventually you can kind of, you know, you learn that, Oh, I don't, I can, I can take it over here. I can take this back road and I can get there in some other way. Um, yeah, I think, I think the time has a lot to do with that. I think I was sort of aware of that as well, that if I lived with it and if I approached it often for me, if I, uh, if a song was written or rather recorded and performed with a large group, maybe, maybe I can do it with one instrument or very few, maybe I can put it into a key that's different that takes it away from, you know, wherever it started, things like that, you know, are, are handy tricks to, um, to pull it out of uh, wherever it came from because yeah, some songs they come with such weight of their own, you know, such, such uh, recordings. Um, that's a good point. There was, uh, I think it was like a, uh, like a George Jones song that uh, <laughs> uh, it was the, uh, the world of surprise talking with John Doe about that a couple months ago. And, and he's like, I think I know the chords to that. And we were just saying, man, I'd like to cover that. But that's that's a hard one because that's so, no, no, it's Waylon Jennings. My my bad. Waylon Jennings, you know, and um, hard to sing a Waylon Jennings song and not be sort of just, you know, <laughs> swallowed by the spirit of Waylon Jennings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a big spirit. So, yeah, you have to you'd have to find, you know, some other way into the song. You know, what's the sound on, on the, uh, the ukulele? Right. <laughs> Please take me back to Toyland Everyone's happy It's more than a girl and boy Where dreams just like toys can be shared I make a point of not listening uh, incessantly to the song that I'm going to cover, you know. I mean, it's likely that I heard it. I heard it 10 years ago and I think I know how it goes. I think I got it, <laughs> which could be just an insanely reckless way to go about it, you know, and I got the words off the internet, so they're all wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have to kind of take those liberties. Otherwise your, your love and your reverence for something could be your undoing, you know, in terms of not really allowing your own voice to, um, you know, come into play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, 
one I have to go back on. I saw your uh, playlist on uh, Tidal. And, yeah. that, and that one you had in there was Dylan's Winter Wonderland. Oh, yeah. And, and I have to ask where you stand on that on the Bob Dylan Christmas album. Oh, you know what? I, 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 uh, I don't know the album as thoroughly as I, I, uh, um, I heard that song and I thought, this is great. Okay, this, but this is plenty. I don't know if I need the whole record. Um, <laughs> um, and I just love the idea that Bob Dylan did a Christmas record. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he did, you know. I'm sure he has a list of things to do like, like all of us. Um, that's about it, really, yeah. you know. Ah. Um, but there's lots of artists that I, I, I am in no way disappointed that I haven't heard. Uh, where's that Nick Cave Christmas record that I've been waiting on, you know. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to happen. <laughs> now, some folks, they, they, they uh, like, how about the Bowie and Bing Crosby duet? Um, Little Drummer Boy. Right. I mean, that that was just wild to me for, for ages, like that that happened. I almost couldn't believe that it really happened, you know. Did you, so see, it, did you see it when it was on television? I do. I did. I mean, I, I do remember watching it uh, when it when it aired and because uh, I was quite into Bowie at that time as well. And um, yeah, I remember that very well. Paul, uh, comedian Paul F. Tompkins <laughs> and I, uh, we we did that song together for Amy's Christmas tour. Oh, that's great. And it, it was a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think he kind of did the Bing Crosby part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a dapper man. So that would make sense. To see Parumpa-pum-pum Our finest gifts we bring Parumpa-pum-pum Rumpa-pum-pum Rumpa-pum-pum Peace on earth Can it be And years from now Perhaps we'll see Thanks to Grant Lee Phillips for the time and the talk, and thanks to you for listening. If you have suggestions, comments, questions, you can reach me at alex at myspiltmilk.com or on Facebook at 12 Songs of Christmas. Thanks to AF the Naysayer for the theme music. If you haven't already done so, I hope you'll follow, subscribe, or do whatever you have to do to get 12 songs in your podcast feed on a weekly basis. We're pretty much wherever you listen. And if you're an Apple person, a five-star review would be appreciated. All those things help the algorithms work for us and make it so that other people can find out about what we're doing here. We'll wrap up with one more from Asleep at the Wheel. This is the title track from their 1997 Christmas album, Merry Texas Christmas, y'all. Talk to you next week. You all. Merry-
days be 